Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a strange room that I've come into here. What's going on? There's people laughing and there's no lights on. (laughs) It's Eamon and it's Millwall. No one likes us talking. Podcast show. And I've got the pleasure of having three or four colleagues. Who's that over there? Is that Graham? Oh no, it's the top of a drum set. I can see (laughs) that. Sorry about that. Anyhow, I've got the team here. Ted, lovely to see you. Lovely to be here, Damon, as usual. That's great, that's great. And you're, uh, I've noticed your old um, prediction league is uh, doing well, but I've not noticed that you're at the top of it. Uh, no. No. That's, that's because I keep saying that Millwall are going to win, and that's probably what's going wrong. <laughs> I need to have a change of um, uh, attack, I think, on that one. Oh, I, I, hope they, I hope they come up with what you've been putting them down for oh, pretty for soon. Change, yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, I put them down to lose every week, and I'm nearly right every week. So. Well, yeah, and you ain't top of the league either. That's strange, <laughs> isn't it? Anyway. We've got, that was Jules that you were there, if you hadn't uh, noticed it. Yeah, usual sort of stuff. But um, Jules, tell me, I I had a contact from... uh, well, you want one, to talk to me first, yeah. and not even introduced here, I No, I'm I'm not going to, no, there's a special bit for Stan. I just want to, I'm talking to you. I've got I spoke to uh, one of your mates, and they were saying... I ain't got no mates. You have, you have, you have. He certainly said he was one of your mates. And he said, um... He said, ask George about Ron. And I said, who's Ron then? He said, just ask George about Ron. Oh, well, there's a guy on Twitter that's called Ron who moans all the time and he's just trying to be funny with you, Stan. <laughs> you know, you as you know him, and I'm a lucky go happy type of chap. Oh, God. Or, or happy go lucky, yeah, even. One, yeah. One or the other. Yeah, yeah, one way or the other I around. Think, I think we got the wrong George. You know, I right? think so. <laughs> Something's gone wrong here, absolutely. Well, I'm going to turn to Stan now. Lovely to have you back, Stan. Well, it's a pleasure to be back, Eamon. That's good. And uh, I must say, um, it must be sort of a, a week in which you're reflecting on things. It was uh, one of your old mates um, from the old railway union, Bob Crow's fifth anniversary. Um, yeah. I'll get him on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's got to bring that forward. He was a, also a big Millwall fan, don't no, you? No, yeah, he was. No, no, that's yeah. right. He was old Bob. He was a big Millwall fan. And uh, I remember once he took down Brendan Barber, who used to be the general secretary of the TUC, and apparently he was an Evertonian. Who are Barber? Yeah. yeah and he took him down to Millwall. The last time we played him in the cup when it was 1 1, and then we lost yeah. the replay. Yeah. But yeah, no, Bob, I mean, he, I mean, in some respects, Bob was a, an acquired taste because when you first met him, sometimes you think, "Who's this bloke?" But once you got to know him, uh, and then once you started talking about Millwall, it was a different level. Anyway, that's right. So. I was, I was, I was right behind uh, two two rows behind old Bob, and and I must say, up on the wall of Block Forty Four at the Den, there you can see his plaque and his father's plaque up on the wall. Yeah, a good memory. Anyhow, that's all of us. We're all here. Now, what I want to do is talk about where we're at and where we're going. I mean, it's not good reading at the moment, 
Uh, when we was last on the show, we were three points from 12, and now it's no points from our last four, or worst, three points from 24. What can we say about that return, guys? Well, it ain't very good, is it? And uh, Oddly yeah. enough, you're right. No, and, and to be perfectly honest, I mean, we've got Birmingham tomorrow, and, I'd, and you know, I mean, you can call me Jonah if you like, but I can't see anything other than another three points lost. If we go there and win, even if it's 1-0 one mil, one mil in the last minute, fine. But per, frankly, I can't see us getting a win. They, look, they looked a pretty good team, actually, I thought. Although they lost, they looked pretty good, actually, Birmingham against Aston Villa. And I thought they looked strong well, and powerful. They, they was good against us. They, they was excellent against us. And in, in the boy Adams up front, they've got a, yeah. a striker who, who, who could quite easily slip into the Premier League, I think. Um, well, I think he will do, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but look, uh, at the end of the day, we've hit rock bottom, haven't we, uh, from where we've been this season, you know. Uh, it doesn't sound good reading that, but as we were saying off air, there's been a few games that that could quite easily have turned around. But that's been the story this season completely. That we we've all said at different points in the season that we should have had more points than we've actually got. Um, so I'm still optimistic with the fact that we are playing okay at times, not great, but we're doing all right. And we in, with a little bit of luck here and there, we could have won a few games that we haven't won. But um, the bottom line is Birmingham's going to be tough. The rest of the games are going to be tough. Don't worry about the FA Cup quarterfinal coming up. We've got 10 cup finals to play. And they need to find a bit of form, which we know that they are capable of. Let's put it that way. This is the same side, more or less now, we've got it available to us, that went on the run that so nearly got us to the playoffs last year. So we know they're not a bad side. And people will come up with, oh, that, that clubs have sussed us out, how we play. Well, we've actually been playing different styles this year from time to time, you know. We, we've had Jeb Wallace move alongside Lee Gregory at times, you know. But I think if you're going to get yourself out of trouble that we're in, you've got to get a stable side together. Last year when we was on the run that we had, we could have named the team ourselves before the team was actually named on match days, you know. Yeah. And there's been quite a bit of chopping and changing around that uh, Neil's done and I think now's the time to get a settled side out there and give them a run of a few games and try and get some sort of consistency in the team that hopefully will bring a bit of consistency in the results. Um, you look at these results that we've got down here these last four games and I know there's a couple of free ones there and Preston caught us out obviously um, but they were all tight. They're two ones, you know, or you know, a three one. But we, if even if we take the Preston game, if we had got back in the game, if we've got it in a three two, I think we might have made it three three. You know, it was that yeah. type of game. Well, actually. this is a division, George. This is what I say. This is a division that most matches swing on one or two incidents, like you know, and I know it hasn't happened. But I think most of the games that we've lost recently, with a bit of good fortune maybe or, or something happening at the right sort of time we could have got something out of the games you know And but it, it hasn't happened and that's down to us and, and Neil comes out and says that giving silly goals away and missing chances that is a recipe for relegation and they've got to put it right but the, I mean you, you mentioned the Preston game Okay, and the, okay, we got back to three one, and, he, and if we'd and if we'd have got back to got it to three two, yeah, yeah. But you see the problem. But you see the problem I have with all that, right? Is that if we'd have managed to have got the second goal, I can tell you now exactly what Preston would have done. They'd have what they'd have done when they'd have got hold of the ball, they'd have kept it. They'd have been passing it backwards and forwards. You see, this is what I'm saying. When we rally against the team, it's like for example tonight. If for example we're we, we get to, 
we're 2-0 down against Birmingham for argument's sake and then we come back we say 15 minutes to go and we get a goal now Birmingham know exactly what we're going to do they might try and hope to catch us out on the break but if but if the opportunity don't arise all they're going to do is hold the ball they're going to pass it around they're going to kill the game and what I'm saying is and when clubs do that we don't have, we, we, we just can't answer that because all we do is lump it long all the time and you lump it long and they just get hold of it say thank you very much knock it around and that's it that's the problem Bolton game Saturday was there was something that you know I, I found a little bit strange and I'm, I'm a big you know Aris fan as, as everybody knows but we had we had uh, I, we swap out wingers don't we as the game goes on we normally swap them but we had Wallace on the left and we had Fergie on the right now they're both you know one's left footed one's right footed do you think they'd be on the and they didn't just stay there for a couple of minutes change over they were there for the majority of the first half. Now, you were really, in my opinion, you are weakening both of your wingers by having the opposite guy, you know, on the on the wings. Now, we changed that around in the second half, but I thought it was a waste because, you know, it was just like having the wrong person in the, the wrong peg in the wrong arm. I mean, we all know the reason behind doing that, George. They put them like that so that they can cuff back and, and swing a ball in rather than swinging the ball out away yeah. from the goal. And you know that that works, but there's got to be more flexibility than saying you go out and you stay out on that wing and you stay on that wing for the whole half. You know it doesn't matter how it comes about. If you've got a corner, you can sort of change them over because more often than not, Fergie will run over and and take a corner from that. Yeah, the no, right and, and side he did and that still. He still did yeah, that in, yeah. in fairness to him. But I could just see that you know, especially with Wallace, even more so with Wallace because he's the nippy player well, in our team. He goes down the right much more naturally than he would ever go down the left. Yeah, but as I've always said, mm. George, I, I mean, what I didn't understand with Saturday's selection is that he left Ben Marshall out. And the reason I say that yeah. because it doesn't matter what wing Ben Marshall's on, he can cross with his left foot and he can cross with his right foot. And I think he's the best deliverer of a ball that we've got at the club at the moment. So I know he hasn't been a, a, the Ben Marshall of last season. He hasn't had, you know, the sort of games that he had last season. There, but I do think he was playing his way back into a bit of fitness, if I'm honest. And I just thought, you know, you're going to stick Tom Elliott down in the middle of the box, which is what the obvious thing was. Get the best crosser you've got in the club on the ball out on the pitch. And I, don't, I didn't understand why he was sitting on the bench, to be quite honest. I mean, yeah, I mean, you did the... I mean, Marshall. Since he has been back, I mean, I mean, to be fair to him, right? I mean, he, I mean, I don't know how many. I don't think he played many games this season for Norwich anyway, because he'd obviously had a falling no, out with no. the man. So he's got to get his fitness back and all the rest of it. I understand that, and I think most people will understand that, you know. But then, and I've got nothing against Tom Elliott, but you know, you you, you take him off. Or, or, he, or he starts, right, and then after a little while, I don't know, you think, right, well, we'll have him off, and it's Morrison. I mean, it's the same old, same old. It's, it, that's what I'm saying. There's no yeah, but does, variation. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. But do, does Dean Harris find himself in a position that I think Holloway found himself in? And, you know, don't get me wrong. Don't mention Holloway. God. I was, I, was, I was no fan of Holloway's. But I think we find ourselves, especially Neil does, I think he's got a certain amount of players and it's like a chess piece. It don't really matter where he puts these guys. And I have to say this, I think some of them are not good enough. And so wherever he puts them, doesn't make the strength well, team any great strength. You know, it doesn't strengthen the team as such. Well, the, the, the thing is, that Stan says there's no variation. There was. We played Derby with just Gregory up front. Yeah, we played. And three in midfield. Fourth. 
and you know we we won we wasn't pretty on a night we in fact we was the match itself was pretty awful but we stopped derby from playing mm. and we nicked a goal now that is all you need at this time of the season when you're looking at staring at relegation in in the face but what i was going to say is that the next game we got the euphoria winning that match the next game was preston at home and we went back to the what Neil believes is the Millwall thing, and there's people in this room that go on about it, a 4 4 2 formation. Yeah. Now, maybe he and should. You're have, looking at me quite right. Yeah, but no, yeah. maybe he should have stuck with the, the winning formation that we had. Yeah, and, but and I, I, I think, in fairness to that, and I'd answer that, Ted, I think Neil, after coming up for that Preston game, thought, you know, I'm playing in front of our own people here, I want to entertain yeah. them. You know, because yep. that is a very restrictive system yep. we play there. But what I'm saying, when George, you have the one forward, yep. and I think he just wanted to. Yeah, but what I'm saying, George, Stan is saying that there's no variation. There was a variation there. Yeah, we played that against. Uh, yeah. there, there was a variation yeah. there, and then he turned. He all went back to that four-four-two, yeah. which naturally brings in the sort of passes that Stan's going on about. Because you're bringing Elliot uh, onto the pitch. Yeah, because yeah. you're going with two up front, yeah. and you're going to bypass the midfield to get the ball up quick and, and get your midfield up there. But if you play the way that we played, played against Derby, you've got to go through the midfield because you've got three players. Yeah, but, so. you see, I, but you see, the problem I have with that is, I, you know, I don't, to me, I don't care whether we play 3-5-1 or 4-4-2 or 4-4-3. It doesn't matter. Playing your right. phone again, is it? But if we keep giving the ball, that's the problem. We keep giving the ball away and, and, and you get penalised against teams of that quality. Well, that's very kind of you to finish on that, Stan. I think that's a, there is a bit of that. We do give the ball away a lot. And if you ain't got the ball, you ain't going to score the goals, are you? Very true. Right, so where that leaves us at the moment, sadly, is with 34 points. One point above Rotherham. But we can talk about more and some thoughts from other people, because up next will be our guest, the one and only Gary Alexander. here and welcome to No One Likes Us Talking, podcast question number 11, sponsored by WePrintAnyGift.com. Before asking the question, we must congratulate Keith Lowe from Warwick on winning our last competition with the answer Old Trafford and Wembley. As a prize, Keith received a 25-year memento keyring. The question was well responded to, so thanks for entering and better luck this time. We continue to celebrate the 25 years at the Den, Zampa Road, with the following question. In the last 25 years, name two Millwall goalkeepers who received full international honours whilst playing for us. I repeat that. In the last 25 years, name two Millwall goalkeepers who received full international honours whilst playing for us. Please send your answer to studio at no one likes us talking.com. That is all in lowercase, and no one likes us talking is all one word, and talking is without a G. Write podcast question in the subject of your email. The competition will close next Monday. The winner will be announced on our social media links and will be given a shout out on the next No One Likes Us Talking show. Finally, thanks again to our sponsor. We print any gift.com. No one likes us talking is also sponsored by Gary at Tower Design and Print Limited, Dean Wilson, independent funeral directors at Elton, Bromley and Locksbottom, 
Reliance South East Cleaning Services covering London, Kent and Sussex, Bexley Steel, Power Industrial Estate, Slagreen Road, Erith and North East Millwall. You can find our sponsors' details online or at our website at noonelikesustalking.com. That is a talking without a G. That's noonelikesustalking.com. This will sound more like an advert for a lager, but our guest has probably scored the best ever goal at Wembley, and he did that in a playoff final in a Millwall shirt. It is, of course, the one and only Gary Alexander. Welcome, Gary. Afternoon, chaps. Hello, Gary. Hi, right, girls. Yeah, they're all going to start shouting at you. <laughs> That's how they are. What are you up to these days, Gary? Uh, what am I up to these days? I'm getting around the grounds, watching a lot of football, uh, watching a lot of what, different levels of football, different games, a uh, little bit of coaching at the moment, just hopefully something comes up more managerial-wise in the future. Like, obviously, it's not easy out there at the moment. I'm just waiting for a few jobs to come up, but why there's nothing out there, you can't apply for them, so I just have to sit tight. No, it's busy enough, isn't it? The other bit of course is I've, I've noticed you... Um becoming a bit of a, a, a Twitter file. The old Millwall under-12s are getting a bit of a coverage from you. Uh, to be honest, that was uh, Sunday. My boys, I've got two boys. I've got George, obviously, at Millwall, but I've got two other boys. But they've got, unfortunately, they're, well, not unfortunately, they're Eric Charlton, to be honest. Ah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have to cut, we'll have to cut that bit, yet. <laughs> but no, well, George is doing well, isn't he? Yeah, George is doing all right. Yeah, he's learning his trade and that and scoring goals. So that's all he can keep doing, you know, working hard and see where it takes him. Yeah, and he was on the bench against Everton. I was hoping to see him, actually. Yeah, no, obviously, look, it's fantastic just to be involved, be in that environment, you know, and uh, obviously to get on the bench in the FA Cup game against the Premier So I decided George will never forget. Yeah, Gary, this is Stan here. Uh, yeah, I've heard a lot about your boy, and but I've, I've yet to see him, but it's all very positive what I'm hearing, so you must be really pleased with his progress. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, he's been at Millwall since the age of seven, and uh, he's worked his socks off. He, he's had good times, he's had bad times, you know? He's going through a good time at the moment where he's developing nicely, and hopefully that continues. You know, he's in the building full-time now and playing a lot of football. He's scored at all levels from sevens to 23s now, so... He just has to keep his feet on the ground, keep working hard, and you never know where it takes you. Oh, no, that's right, mate. No, you're spot on. Just, I just want to ask you something. What did you, did you, have you seen anything of the game from Saturday against Bolton? And if you did, what did you make of it? Uh, to be honest, I haven't seen any of the game. I was out watching the game. Actually, I was at uh, Reading Wigan watching watching that one on Saturday. But um, I was up at Derby, so I haven't seen nothing. I just obviously see what people say. You know, it's not a good result. But I've got faith in Neil that he can turn this around and he can get the points that keep us in the uh, in the league to make it a successful season. Yeah, well, I certainly hope so, Gal. I certainly hope so, mate. Hello, girls. Ted here. Hello. Uh, oh, mate. Sorry, we're passing this phone, Randy. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear it as you go, man. Uh, uh, George seems to be a bit more prolific than you, Gal. Is that right? I wouldn't be old. Back to the youth days. I think I doubled his tally. Oh, did you? Does he rib you about it, Gal? Does he give you a little bit of uh, I've scored again, Dad? Like you say, that? That's what SAM has done. No, listen, we, we, we've always had a little bit of banter broken up, you know, but it's always uh, always good like, to sort of push him a little bit and torment him, but he's, uh, he's 
doing brilliant at the moment and as I said as I said before that you just got to keep working hard and wait for an opportunity to come along wherever that may be and see what happens can you see the day uh, how when maybe the, the mob down the road that your other sons are playing for playing us and that they could be playing against one another that'd be a bit difficult for you mate wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> you never know well, George, George they're obviously their goalkeepers the other two so uh, as years if George put them in the goal in the garden and practicing against them so they're in goal at the moment well, <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it ever comes about, we have to make sure they keep their legs open, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, but yeah, no, at the end of the day, look, they picked up my child and it's football and they enjoy it. So as long as they enjoy it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's the main thing, mate, main thing. But it must be an extra sort of pleasure, though, Gail, to see someone in, uh, in a Millwall shirt, your son in a Millwall shirt. That, that's That's got to be a little bit special for you. I know it's special for you pulling the shirt on, so... That must make you even, I mean, you're going to be proud wherever they're playing, but to see one of them in a Millwall shirt, that must be fantastic. Oh, no, look, it's unbelievable. As I said, George joined Millwall when I was at Millwall. He was picked up playing Sunday football and um, picked up playing his Sunday football and he's earned the right to be at the club, you know, and he's earned the right now to be at sort of Carmel Road training with a 23 and, and getting himself involved. So long may that continue, but as I said, I keep saying, I keep repeating myself, it's, it's down to George now, look. It's up to him how far he wants to go, how hard he wants to work, and everyone knows where it can take him. You know, you just never know in football. Is he a is he a big lad? You know, is he tall? I mean, you you was never that big, was you, girl? Really, if I'm honest. <laughs> Short, six foot. Oh, I, oh, you're bigger than I was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, mate. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm short. I'm about 5'11". I might be shrinking now, 40, but um, yeah, he's huge. about 5'10", 5'11", I think. So I think oh, so about the same, yeah. A few years' growth at the moment, so hopefully he can go 6 plus and, and uh, a little bit of size, and yeah, it helps. How, how old is he at the moment? Uh, he's 17. Oh, so he's, he's, he's really young, 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 isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's not 18 until 2 and so. Yeah, they're like, uh, they're like weeds, aren't they, when they're like this? They're, <laughs> they grow like weeds, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. He's, he's hitting the gym and that, so hopefully he'll bulk out and he'll fill out soon. And, Come get that little bit of man shrimp, you know, and go from there. That must be great. It must be great for you anyway that he's, you know, progressing so well. And, I, you know, and the other boys, they're ever there getting on the show. And we, uh, we won't mention them, but I'm um, sure <laughs> they're doing well. Good luck. No, they're a lot younger anyway. They're like nines and oh, twelve. Yeah. But, um, they're nines and twelve, but it's obviously George is in a full time game. And as, as I said, look, he's, in a, he's in a great environment. He's got a centre forward as a manager, he's got a centre forward as a 23 manager. You know, so he, he probably couldn't be in a better place at this time in his football career. You're um, you're doing some scouting for us at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, I'm getting around the ground, you know, just watching watching games at all different levels and just seeing seeing who's out there and doing a few reports and that, and I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. All right, and um, of course you've been manager of what three clubs now? Um, are you looking to get back in? Yeah, no, it's something that I really enjoy. Um, obviously, Greenwich it, it came to an end. Probably through no fault of my own, it, it just came to an end because obviously a chairman passed away and I don't know what, know what happened. You know, and then Ashford, I come across somebody who I didn't really get on with and that, that sort of fell apart. But yeah, no, it's certainly something I enjoy. I enjoy the coaching. I'm doing a little bit of coaching at the moment with Bobby Bowery and, uh, and Ballers down in Bermondsey, so that's nice to get back down there and do a bit of coaching. Um, but hopefully a manager's job comes up. As I said, it's not easy. I'm not one of these to go and sit behind a dugout and wait for somebody to get sacked. No. I'll wait till it comes up and see what happens then. Right. Apply and hopefully I'll do enough to get the job. Let, let me ask you a, a management question here. You know, um, 
Our budget is one of the lowest in the championship. No, no fault of anybody's, that's just the way it is. You know, we're, we're not one of the giants in the championship. Can you stay in the championship if your budget is in the bottom three or four? Yeah, I don't see why not. You, you, it, we've proved that before, and we've proven that before that these people were doing that, you know, and uh, as I said, look, as I said earlier, I've got all the faith in Neil to do that again, and if we do finish above that line, Fingers crossed we do. That it's, it's a successful season. Look, we're in the quarterfinals of FA Cup. We finish above the line in the championship. I think we have to give credit to Neil for what he's doing on the budget. It's, it's easy for people to moan and want results, but we're never going to be... Last season probably put a lot more expectation on the lads, but did we overachieve? We probably did. Yeah, how's John Sitton was saying that uh, last time round when we had him on the show? He said, don't just uh, judge a, a manager on one little spell look at the bigger long term I suppose that's what you echo really no 100% it's uh, 100% as I said look he runs on a small budget he hasn't got you you look at the championship their strikers 50, 60,000 pound a week you know and they, they go for 20, 30 million pound when they go and score 30 goals we have ever got that so we do pretty well for what we've got and as I said we're, we're in there we're not adrift we're in there we're, over, we're above the line at the moment and long way that, that continue well, you tell George that, you know. He'll need to know that pretty soon, I think. Because <laughs> we ain't going to be able to afford those big strikers. <laughs> so wind him up for that anyway. The other side of the coin, I mean, we, t- we touched basically on that um, that goal that you scored in the playoff final. Does that play through your head many times? Uh, it's, to, to be honest, it's something that I can look back on now and say, yeah, I did score that goal. But at the time, as I said many a times before, Holderover won the game, but unfortunately we never. No. Um, and it's, it's great for my kids to be able to look back and see that I've done that. My youngest one wasn't even born at the time that I scored the goal, but he, he makes out he was and he tells people it's me who scored that goal, you know. So it's, uh, it, is, it is nice at times as well as a little bit embarrassing when he brings it up out of nothing, you know, my dad this, but it, it's nice and I can look back and be remembered for scoring that goal, which is a dream for any kid to play at Wembley, let alone score a goal like that. I mean, old Stan, who's itching to speak to you still <laughs> here, was only talking before we started. He said, I didn't know what happened. He said, he said, the ground started to move at one end and people were getting up and he said, the ball was in the back of the net before I noticed it. So... <laughs> Oh, he's great. Here's Stan again. Yeah, yeah. What he, what he forgot to tell you, though, guys, was I was up in the up in the, the clouds and it all seemed like a time delay. I'm sitting there and all of a sudden all these people are going balmy and I'm thinking, what's going on here? And I didn't... Because tw- then it, cause it is... It, the further you're up in the ground, it's, it, it, there seems a time delay. Whether it's a psychological thing or not, I don't know. But honestly, that's what happened. Uh, no, I mean that was a great day, mate. And and your and the and your second goal or was it the first the first one, wasn't it? Was, which was the cross. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we we won't we won't talk about the header. Anyway, oh, I'm going to hand you over to Teg. I, I just got to make an admission here, Gal. You probably heard this in the ground when when that ball dropped and you swung your boot at it. I was the one that said, "What the fuck is he doing?" <laughs> I'm glad you didn't, mate. But the next thing I knew, it was in the back of the net. So, but I, it, it, I mean, that is a striker's instinct in a say. I mean, you, I don't suppose you even thought about it, girl, when the ball got came to you, did you? Was it just a matter of uh, no, have a go? No, and... It came to me. I think Zach Whitbread had it back. I tried to take it on my chest. Uh... <laughs> 
I took it on my chin. I think I think it my chin, but it's that lovely. And uh, it was a case of you know, wash and touch, shoot, you don't score, do you? And on another occasion, that could have flown out for a throw-in, but lucky enough, it flew in the top corner. I'm glad you said that, saying, okay, on a, on a wider stretch with football these days, I sometimes wonder whether the, the clubs are trying to score like a perfect goal. You don't see people hitting the ball from outside the boxes like you used to. And like you say, I mean, when I long years ago when I was playing that was what was rattling around in my head if you don't shoot you don't score uh, more often not when I did shoot I didn't score but um, is it sort of I don't know why football's like that now I think anywhere within 25 yards have a dig no especially with the footballs these days they move all over the place you know so it's certainly worth worth chancing your arm having a shot from, from wherever especially as a forward you know you're paid to score goals so you want to be shooting you have 10 shots and 3 go in each week you're a hero aren't you so that's the thought should be hitting balls. Uh, getting back to Millwall's plight at this moment in time, what, what do you think, uh, as, having been a manager, when you have a little bit of a bad spell, what, what do you think is way or to go about getting yourself out of that, uh, getting belief back into the boys? So at the moment in time, we, we've been saying some of the games we've been watching, it, it's not quite happened for us here and there. Finish up on the losing end when it could quite easily have been win, you know, and, but I know they've got to pick themselves up, but what would you do in a management sense to get the boys picked up and a bit more confidence back in themselves? Because we need to get a little bit of a run like we had last year game didn't we yeah I think I think you just got to keep everyone happy as, as, you, as you just said there there was games that we played in where we've come off probably on the wrong end of the result and not deserved it so you know you're not that far away and as long as you're competing and we're not we're not getting hammered uh, we only seem to get beat by the sort of the odd goal don't we in most games and if we're, if we're that close we're not that far away and, and I'm sure at the end we can turn that around but training, training obviously Neil will be working hard and keeping, keeping the lads believing that they're quality players that don't become bad players overnight they, they'll be looking back obviously on the, the run they had last season where we had a lot of their players and their capabilities of obviously winning football matches at championship level so it's just about keeping them believing and hopefully that uh, well, let's be hopeful that that is the case, Gary. Um, just, just one last one. I mean, you, we talked about that goal, but what's your best ever memory of playing for Millwall? Best ever memory, probably. It's probably my last memory, actually. Uh, I think it might be one of my last games, scoring a header against Leeds late on. Hey. Um, hey. That day, and that was sort of the beginning of the end. Yeah. Which was uh, what about the entry against Brighton? Yeah, no, obviously nice to break the duck, but it's always obviously against Leeds, you know, like it's a special. Yeah. It, was a, it was a full house, and uh, my injury become worse and worse that day. But it was just nice to manage to put the ball in the back. And have, have a word with beat him late on. Gal, have a word with Lee Gregory about scoring an entry against Brighton for us before Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, no, fingers crossed. I think we can finish the you know, but hopefully that'd be good. Get a result, and yeah, it'd be fantastic. It'd be a massive point yeah. if we could go on and win another one, you know, and wouldn't it? Be in a semi-final, and like, as I said, look, if we can finish above that line, we've had a terrific cup run, and if we can uh, do that, it's going to be a success. A yeah. successful season. But not Wembley again. Thanks, Gary. That, that's been fantastic to uh, talk with you, and uh, let's be hopeful because that's all we can be. Absolutely. All right. Cheers, chaps. Cheers, Cheers now. Cheers, Bye, Gary. Bye. 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 You can listen to No One Likes Us Talking every Friday evening in association with Love Sport Radio and host Johnny Burrow. There is fan interaction by phone, messaging, tweeting or email. Yeah, listen to No One Likes Us Talking every Friday evening, 9 till 10. Well, I think I said in my prediction league 2-1, but Darren's convinced me it's going to be 1-0 off of something on Lee Gregory's body that makes it go in the back of the net. 
No, I, could it be a bum, as was suggested I, by I Jack Ransom? I've I, I got a feeling it's going to be one of them games, uh, you know, a messy battle, but I think uh, Lee Gregory's bum is going to win it for us. Lee Gregory's <laughs> bum is going to win it. You heard it here first. What a way to end a first show, gents. It's been an absolute delight being in your company. That was, of course, Ted Robinson, Stan Godwin and Darren James from No One Likes Us Talking Podcast. Check him out on Twitter. Check him out on Facebook. Facebook? Check us out next week. It is the Millwall Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Okay, well, welcome back. That was great listening to Gary Alexander, I'm sure you'll say. Now what we've got up next, chaps, is our question to the fans. And what we asked them was, what is your view about a new playing contract for Steve Morrison? Now, we've got a few of our old favourites in the uh, the pack. I'll, I'll read a few out. Our friend Emma, who keeps repeating to me, she's definitely more Stacey Dooley than, uh, than someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely <laughs> more Stacey. Who Sta- not- do you know who Stacey Dooley is? <laughs> not Stacey so- Dooley. No, no, no. Oh, I can't believe that. For those rugby fans out there, I'm saying as long as she's not more like Wade Dooley. That's right. We don't want that. Sorry, Sorry, Emma. Sorry, Sorry, Emma. Sorry, Emma. She's our favourite. She is. She is. And Emma says, despite a poor return as a front man, and he is not the only one, there is a positive side to Morrison playing. His recent location on the right has brought goals from his assists. He also brings some form of passion to the side. I hope it's just to the side, Emma. And maybe he might be the man to drive young George Alexander over the line to first-team selection. Go for it, Morrow. So I gather from that, Emma, Emma believes that uh, it's a good idea to, uh, for, for Morrison to sign a contract. Yeah, I haven't seen anything to the contrary. Well, I, I, personally, I think we... You know, I've seen some of these things on Twitter about Steve Morrison, and I think we're getting a little bit too excited, in my view, because... As it goes, even if he even if he wasn't doing coaching, right next season, or that's what the plan is. I his age, I don't think he, you know, he would be playing a lot anyway. No. I mean, I'd have been absolutely amazed if he'd have been playing a lot. Well, because why would you want to sign him on a, on a player's contract? Well, because uh, quite a lot of money when you might be able to get somebody else in. Well, because I would. I'm just, I'm just well, giving if you I, an opposite opinion. Well, well if I can devil's advocate. advocate. Well, unless you get a word in, you know, I'm not going to answer it. Georgian, give me another opinion, not allowing you to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's hold on from Darren from the den. See what old Darren's got to say. Still at the den as regular as we know it. Harris explained in advance what Morrison does, and if he believes that, he should continue with another contract. So be it. It is likely we will face a challenging season, wherever we are, that's Mm. for sure. So maybe another strong character like Morrison in the playing staff will be a big bonus. I mean, there is that side to him, isn't there? Yeah, well, I mean, I remember somebody somebody once saying, a former highly placed person in Millwall Football Club and, and they was and I had to overhear a conversation and he was saying that when Harris first took over and that he said he was building a boot room and because the moment I heard the word boot room I knew exactly what he's referring to now you know we what I can't understand we bang on about Millwall a special club we've got to have a mentality or whatever we need a manager who understands the club 
And that's exactly what Morrison understands. If you've got an experience on the coaching side, use it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We've got Reg uh, from West Sussex. Last time we had Reg on, he was from Little Hampton, but he took such a ribbon from his mates, he's now gone for Reg from West Sussex. <laughs> he's moved. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's, he's more global in, in he's West Sussex. He's like Joe, Joe's moved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not a Little Hampton anymore. No more, that's, that's it. Yeah, he's a broader concept. <laughs> was it Harris or Berylson? One of them said he will always have a job here at Millwall. We'll offer him a coaching job and leave the playing contract behind. Well, that's one aspect that a lot of people have been looking at. Well, I'm going to go over to our... Um, I totally agree with Rich, by the way. Well, you, you were. Yeah, no, he's from West Sussex now. Yeah. Come on, George, behave. Daryl Abaruging from Wisconsin, USA. Hey. He said, I'd say it depends upon his ambition. If he wants to play more regular minutes... And he, pr- he probably ought to go somewhere else. <laughs> if he loves the badge and the club, he certainly can bring leadership and be an option up front of the bench. When we are short-handed due to injuries, blah, blah, blah. Good role model for younger players. If he stays, it will be on the club's financial terms. We need to use our limited resources to improve our squad up front. Unfortunately, we don't have too much. I, I agree with that. Yeah. And, that, and that's that's pretty clear. Old Simon Collini, um, he is taking his uh, coaching badges. Let him be part of that. Don't give him another contract. He's long past it. Roger Barbar says, well, oh, just, all right, you're going to go on that way, Because I, I, I think he makes a good point. Uh, I know Steve's been doing his badges for a long time. Um, I, I think there could well be a role within, you know, Steve Morrison coaching Millwall in some capacity. But I don't think it's as a footballer. And uh, and that's, yeah, so I tend to agree with Simon on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Roger Barber says, to me, it's obvious that Morrow will be offered a a new one-year contract and quite right too. He has a wealth of experience that is useful both on and off the pitch. These days his legs are not what they used to be. Neither am I. Well, I felt that. I felt that. But I hadn't, I hadn't noticed it well, physically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think next season, wherever we, wherever we end up, whether we're still in the championship or, or we get relegated, the squad that we've got has got. There's got to be major changes to it. There's got to be a major revamp on it, in my opinion, in in, in various positions. Yeah. So you, you know. So you're talking forward line. No, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm talking. No, no. I'm talking about the squad. The whole, the whole lot needs to be revamped, in my view. Okay. And I think there's, there's, that's got to be on the on the agenda. And I think old Roger touches on this a little bit. He says, personally, I've been saying for time, I feel easy all-round experience and now to stop playing up front and use that experience and passing ability and quickness of eye to take the place of Williams in midfield. Well, that's a, that's a turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't go along with that. I mean, no. if you, you carry on reading Roger's uh, email there... I mean, it makes a little bit more sense further down, I think. Yes, there's a bit more in it. In any case, how can there be a question of not keeping him when you have the likes of Elliot, who's sorry, who is far from championship material and needs showing the door as soon as possible? Together with McLaughlin, uh, Shagalak, old, old Stan calls him, uh, but it's Skalak, uh, Amos and Anya Dimna. Incidentally, I've supported Elias for some 65 years and now sit in the executive seats. I decided to bring, and I'm going to leave that, um, I'll raise that in the grumpy old gits comment. Right. Anyhow, John O'Neill, 
Hi boys. Steve Morrison has done a great job for Millwall, but it's a fact that he is no longer capable of playing at this level. He's obviously a big personality in the club, he gives brings influence, employ him in whatever role they want, but playing no chance. Not even at League One. Should we be relegated? It's pretty strong, isn't it? Uh, look, I, I think Steve Morrison could do a job in League One, certainly, if we are, let's hope we're not, but if we are in that, that situation. And at the end of the day, the guy is still fit enough to play. He might not be the fitness that he had from years ago, and he's going to be around in a coaching sense and whatever. He wouldn't be the first one that's, that's you know, got written, got himself a, a playing contract while he's coaching. And he may well be an emergency. He may not play at all next year, but he'd be registered as a player. He's obviously a massive influence on this team uh, and his experience we know is invaluable. He is Millwall through and through, like Stan was saying and that, and he's the sort of person that we do want at the club. I see no problem in giving him another year's extension as a playing contract if he's still carrying on doing what he's doing now. Because I don't think next season Steve Morrison will be any worse than he is this season. No. I mean, he's younger than what Steve Claridge was. Exactly, yeah. And, and, and I didn't hear anybody complaining about well, Claridge when he was but playing. But what people forget... But about, he'll always be younger than what Steve Claridge yeah, when was. Steve, when Steve Morrison comes on and what he does do, and you can see with his experience, I've said it time and again, when we were playing against Norwich, who were the best team in this division, by the way, he held his own against them. Every time oh. a centre-half went to head the ball, if he couldn't edit himself, he made sure he didn't edit, which That's is right. something that Tom Elliott could, could learn. I, I, you know? I, you know, don't get me wrong here, and I, I'm also a great believer that, you know, if it wasn't through Steve Morrison, we wouldn't be in the championship at the moment. So, you know, I'm not forgetting all of that. I just think that, you you know, but when Steve's on the pitch, I mean, you make a valid point. When Steve's on the pitch, I think he's, he's better than Elliot. You know, it's as simple as that. Even with Steve not being the Steve Morrison that we all know and, you know, wanted him to be, yeah. even now. But... And a lot of people have said this and made this point, and I'm not, you know, not saying it's right. But a lot of people are saying if you sign Steve Morrison as a player, you're really preparing for League One. No, I don't agree, George. I mean, look, if he's going to be around the club, which I think we've all sort of agreed he's going to be there in a coaching capacity in some form or the other, at least, then it doesn't make sense not next season anyway, not to sign him as a player. He might not be in Neil's faults at all. Neil might have a complete change around in the summer, like Stan's asking for it, you know. We're going to have young Bradshaw come back. You know, he's definitely going to be playing next year. There's no doubt in my eyes, wherever we are. So, but the fact is, if Steve Morrison's at the club, why only have him there as a coach when he can still play? You might as well give him a, a one-year extension, and he might only get two or three games playing in that. We might not have him. Oh, I reckon. So. I reckon that's about the, the strength of it. He, I mean, it, it, what we don't want to do is get caught short, like we have this this season mm. without strikers. Well, yeah, you can never have enough, can no, you? No, you can't. You can't. Uh, Bob Dyke, Ron Haynes, Steve Dambrowski and John Morgan all say very much that the real issue is getting him in there and uh, being a coach and getting him in with the uh, development squad and coaching those strikers that are going to come in their many numbers, we hope, <laughs> during the closed season. That's, uh... well, well, see, I think that's a very good point. I mean, I, I can think of nobody, you know, I know we've got a manager who's a great, you know, centre forward, but... I think you know Morrison in that type of role. Yeah, you'd have no, you wouldn't hear no argument from me at all. But as a, as a player, I, I if I'm really honest, I would rather that we spend Morrison's wages on a on a up and coming yeah, permanent young. Yeah, man. but you're, you're, the trouble is you're you're taking the two things out of context in a sense. If he's going to be at a football club, 
and you might as well have him as a player if he's there for a player. There's lots of, you look at the back of the programme, there's lots of players throughout the season that don't actually get on the pitch, but they're being paid. You know what I mean? There's some, some of the players that further down the line that never get a game, but they're being paid. You know, you might as well have Steve Morrison within your squad there if you need him next year. Let's face it, we're, we're Millwall. We can't go out like Manchester City and people like that and go and buy whoever we want. It might take a while to find people. Uh, hopefully, they're looking at it now. We've had a, a season, the season before last, where we did well in the same. But that's the that's the thing, like you know, he could be there in the background, and if needed, he's there. Yeah, I've got a tendency to agree with you there, Ted. No doubt about well, it. The first thing. Oh, that's what makes a bonus, <laughs> doesn't it? Either one way or the other. But now let's uh, move on to Ted, because uh, we spent a good bit of time there. But thanks, you fans. It's great to get all your emails in and texts. What have you? Keep it up every time we ask an interesting question. And uh, we'll now move on to what I'm going to say is grumpiness epitomised. <laughs> and what we're going to call is a grumpy old gits. We've moved on from grumpy old men to grumpy old gits because gits are more contemptible, I always think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you look at the old English dictionary, George, you'd know that. But there you go. Yeah, trust me. Trust me, trust me. Um, anyhow, what's on your agenda, chaps? Anyone like to bring uh, something forward? Well I, I, well, I think you've actually got one. I've got one, yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. would you like? Would you like me to be a grumpy old git as well, then? Well, well why change the habits of a lifetime? <laughs> now, 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 Stan, behave, behave. Yes, something's happening there. I've got to say, something's happening. You think we were top yeah. of the league, the Stan? Well, <laughs> top of the league, Stan Lee. No, seriously, uh, Roger Barber. Actually, I'm going to read on Roger Barber's behalf. He's a he's a guy who sits in our executive seats, and he's got 11 year old grandson who's bringing to the Brighton game, and he had to pay 30 pound for the privilege to get him a ticket in the executive seats. Now, some might say, well, if you can afford to be in the executive seats and you can afford to pay 30 quid, but hold on, I think he adds the the, the key point here. Is this the way to attract the future generation, especially compared to kids' prices elsewhere in the ground for that game? Any thoughts on that, chaps? Well, kids' prices, that all them years ago, Ted managed to get the price for Well, I, I, I stand, yeah, well, <laughs> I won't take the, the credit for all that. But I, I did argue at the time, even George sort of pointed out uh, to Andy Ambler, at the end of the day with a kid, it's not, up to him where he goes and sits in the stand. He goes and he, he doesn't pay. His parents pay him, whatever. So I, I just believe for children under a certain age, you should be a, a, um, the same price all the way around the ground. Whether you're in the executive seats or whatever, you know, this we all know people that sit in the executive seats have probably got more money than anyone around. But that's not the kids. That's the parents or the grandparents that have got all the money. You know, you shouldn't be fleecing them for their kids. You know, you fleece them, or not fleece them, you charge them, fleece them. Sorry, Steve Cowan, I, you, <laughs> I, can, I can hear him uh, already shouting at me. But it's not flipped. You, you charge more money for certain areas, which I understand, of course you do. But you do that for the adults, not for the kids. For the, for kids going into the, the football ground, it shouldn't matter whether he's in the executive lounge or whether he's sitting behind a goal where his dad's always been in it. It should be the same price all the way round the ground. And I argued that many years ago, which is where the, the cheap season ticket came in, and uh, you know, I, I, I stand by that. I wouldn't, dis I wouldn't disagree with that, I think your problem, I think the problem you've got, and I think we're going to see more of it, 
right, is that people within the club now are looking upon all this sort of thing as a business. And it's a, and it's an and it's an exercise. I mean, let's be very blunt about it. It's an exercise in making money. Things that I mean, you know, I can I I don't want to see it, but we've got this. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if in the next couple of years we then see a change to the very thing that you're talking Good, about. Stan, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I've got to come in. Make money, fine, but not out of kids. No, no, I'm not. No, I'll just. I'm not. No, hang on. I'm not suggesting that I agree with it. I'm just no, saying no. that's what I think the powers that be are going to do you've now. You've got a point here that, that Roger is. He's making a point that he's been a. You know, he's been a, a supporter for over sixty-five years yeah, in this yeah. football club, so he's going to know just like us. Yeah. You know what this football club's about now. He brings his grandson, and you start saying to him, "I want thirty quid off you." That leaves a bad taste. No, oh, that's right. But what I'm, but no, I, I, I don't disagree with anything of that, about that. And I think Roger's got a point. What I'm saying is, I think that what's being done now with these these kids is going to be the sign of things to come. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm no. just saying that's the way I think it's going to go. Good point, well mate. I think just for clarity, um, that might be 65 years and that applies to George, but not the rest of us. I think I'm not sure <laughs> about that. But anyway. Um, I think he's. Well, yeah. Have you not? Oh, yeah. oh, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I worked, well, Flaky, but nice. Listen, Flaky, yeah, yeah. Just like a Cadbury's. I know what you mean. Can, can I? Can I have a grumpy this? You can have a. You can have a superb. The thing that got my mind coming up here today because I knew we'd have a grumpy bit. Yeah. I, this is very topical about what you're saying. But I'm saying about people being. I'll say it again because I'm going to be talking about somebody else now being fleeced for money. Yeah. Leeds United are an absolute disgrace mm. to the Football League for charging people £39 for an away ticket when the Premier League, I believe, I've been told, have set a, a, a limit of £30 for away fans at any ground. Leeds United have the audacity to charge us £39 to go and see their game. I think it's an absolute did, disgrace. Did we not have to pay that price last year, I think? I don't think it was as much I as think that. It was, I think it was I again, because... It, I, I, I it, was, it was, and then we, it was, and then we got a refund yeah. on it, didn't we? You did. Yeah, there was a refund. Yeah. That's oh, right. Was there in? I don't yeah. remember yeah. that. Yeah. But they can't charge us more than they can't charge their people. I, George. You know, so they must be charging their guys 39 quid. I, I don't know what it is, but listen... £39 when you've got an away ticket in the Premier League for yeah. 30 quid. Yeah. It's just, the only way I've been to Ipswich, I went to Ipswich this year and it was 30, I think, £30, um, yeah, which I, mean, I thought 30, was. 30 quid pushing it. Which I thought was a bit, bit, football, bit yeah. stumpy, like, you know, but £39, and they've got history of doing it from, like you say, yeah. from last year. And I, I just, for the life of me, the Football League should do something about clubs like Leeds. Who, are, let's face it, are, are probably one of the richest clubs, if not yeah. the richest club in the in championship. The championship. Yeah, yeah. And they have the audacity to charge people £39 to go and watch a game of football with it. It's a disgrace. No. Mm -hmm. And they should be pulled up about it. And, you know, I, I, I just, it, it just baffles me how these people, it might have something to do, and I might be treading on some people's feet here. The fact that the guy that is the chairman of the EFL happens to be the Leeds man, Mr. Harvey, that they get away with these he, sort of he things. Should only, he should have to apply by the rules and the regulations. You know, we can't, when we put people up in our North Stand, we can't charge them more than the guys who are paying in the cold blow. But, but, so, you know, they can't George, do the it, same. it may well be that that is the most expensive ticket at Leeds. 
But if the Premier League the best view, no, 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 hey, <laughs> it's an old view. But if the Premier League can come up with a cap of thirty pound, why can't the Championship do it? Just no, it's no, that's just good, good yeah. point. Stan, you got anything to tell us? Anything good on your He's horizon? He's too happy smiley today. Well, yeah, I mean, well, in, in, somebody, I was thinking about it the other day, and somebody mentioned it to me, and I thought, we said, well, it's worth asking the question, and perhaps we might know, but, you know, we're coming up to the part of the year now, aren't we, where normally round about this time, we would be looking for, in terms of elections, whether the current fan on the board is then coming up for re-election. And because he, he, if you recall, he'd done a, a term of office. He, he wanted to do a two-year term of office, right? Right, and it, it was based on the when the season started and on the scene, rather than the calendar year. Well, we're not too far away from coming to the end of this season, right? And I'm somewhat, and I'm just wondering whether what arrangements are being made, uh, to, to, you know, for, for this election to be held. I've not seen anything, anything on the boards or anyone no, mentioned no. it. I mean, as you know, Stan. I mean, us three would know. We were on the MSC. Um, Mickey himself wanted a two-year term, That's right. as opposed to three, um, and we would have all. We would have all been setting our stall out by now regarding that, wouldn't we? We'd have been saying, well, there's going to be elections. Mm. This, 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 or whenever. Um, but no, like you, I haven't heard anything. Well, so I, I I, the last um, MSC support clubs meeting with the uh, football club that I see, right. there was yeah. Steve Cavanagh asked the question um, what do the fans want? He wanted to know what the fans wanted from the fan on the ball position. I'm afraid to say since then, I haven't seen any other minutes to say whether they went back with any answers to him or. I've certainly not been asked. I don't know. I'm not saying they should ask me, but I don't know whether they've done a fan survey anywhere or, or whatever. In other words, it seemed to me like the fan in the ball position may well be different, maybe something else. It might not be an election. I don't know what's what's going to be happening with it. But what I'm trying to say is the last thing I see about it was that Steve Cabinet was asking the support. Well, when, when, when were these plans? you remember? You know, I, I, I'm not 100% sure. This was, I think it might well have been October last year. Was the, the last meeting that I think if you go on the MSC's website and you go into the minutes, I think you'll find the last minutes on there was uh, was October. But well, that, the mean, question was being asked about the position of the fan on the board, which said to me that whatever was going to happen this year, if it was an election, it might be different to what Mickey's doing now. Mickey yeah. might know more about that than, yeah, than us, right. obviously. But, but that normally stemmed in our time, always stemmed from the MSC committee, didn't it? So well, yeah. I mean, but then, but then you see, I mean, you, you have not, not even, I haven't even seen. I mean, this current MSC have been in power what eighteen months. I ain't even, I ain't even seen a new constitution yet of any description. And I looked and I think I was writing, reading on the on their website. They've still not finished, and they've got to come back again. So I got that wrong. Well, I mean, how, 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 I mean, how, how, how does the question needs to be asked? How, how does it come to take that long to do some constitution? Well, I suppose the politics around it can be a, a difficult challenge, and uh, and and all of those things need, I suppose, airing so that people aren't walking around the den in the dark mm. about matters that are going on. 
it would uh, it would be I think it's a, it's a relevant, very relevant. Yeah, well, Stan's right. He's got a couple. You've yeah, got well, a couple of months well, before well, the end yeah. of the season. Come May, somebody you know somebody needs to be making a decision hmm. about you know whether it's an election or. or I mean, no, it carries on. Or I or mean, or I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to sort of see a Soviet-style Politburo oh, like you know where you've got people lined up and. You wouldn't. I'm surprised at that. No, no. He was never a Stalinist. Mickey's time up this year or has he got another no this is his two seasons I mean May obviously will fall basically outside of the football season so that would be slightly difficult because we finish fairly early in the the May it it would be nice to know what's going on with the position now I say I've been read that Steve Kavanagh asked for the thing and I I don't know whether they've done anything about it but it would be nice to know what's going on. Could I just make a point? I noticed on our uh, um, someone's asked here, you know, what's happening the Dockers' Day. Can I can I just fill you in on a little bit? Of- well, well, it'd be yeah. interesting to know because I don't think anyone does know. But right. there you go. I'll keep reading well, about it. Everybody knows that Chris Bethel does Dockers' Day and does a marvellous job each year. Um, because of our cup runs. I'm afraid they're treading on Chris's toes here because we're having games put back when he was about to have the Dockers Day. Ah. Um, he, you know, I think he's had two goes, or he's going to have two goes, and they've both trod on his toes. So it just don't look like it's going to happen this year. Um, what he's going to try and do, and whether he can pull it off or not, is try to have an early Dockers Day next season to try mm. and counteract it. So, you know, best will in the world. I mean, it's not Chris's fault, but he's tried and. Uh, you know the club club always help with that, so it's just a matter of circumstances. I think well, we've still got a few dope games to go. Can we get you the last game of the season? That's a Saturday. Isn't it? Well, it is Bristol City. Yeah. Oh, Chris, no, Chris, Chris. Yeah, on. but it'd be the challenge, isn't it? I mean, yeah. There's 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 lots going on, and 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 it's funny. Yesterday, I was it was only contacted by Millwall about having executive boxes, and I, and I realised they've now filled all the boxes for the West Brom game. But of course, if we have a good result, we'll be on Sunday. We'll be on the semi-finals that day. Well, well, maybe we can have Dockers Day on the cup final. That's it. That's the answer, isn't it? That's the answer. There you go, Chris. You heard it here first. Yeah, that's where it's going to happen. We're just going to take a short break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. here and welcome to No One Likes Us Talking, podcast question number 11, sponsored by WePrintAnyGift.com. Before asking the question, we must congratulate Keith Lowe from Warwick on winning our last competition with the answer Old Trafford and Wembley. As a prize, Keith received a 25-year memento keyring. The question was well responded to, so thanks for entering and better luck this time. We continue to celebrate the 25 years at the Den, Zampa Road, with the following question. In the last 25 years, name two Millwall goalkeepers who received full international honours whilst playing for us. I'll repeat that. In the last 25 years, name two Millwall goalkeepers who received full international honours whilst playing for us. Please send your answer to studio at no one likes us talking.com. That is all in lowercase, and no one likes us talking is all one word, and talking is without a G. Write podcast question in the subject of your email. The competition will close next Monday. 
The winner will be announced on our social media links and will be given a shout out on the next No One Likes Us Talking show. Finally, thanks again to our sponsor, WePrintAnyGift.com. No One Likes Us Talking is also sponsored by Gary at Tower Design and Print Limited. Dean Wilson, Independent Funeral Directors at Elton Bromley and Locks Bottom. Reliance Southeast Cleaning Services covering London, Kent and Sussex. Bexley Steel, Power Industrial Estate, Slade Green Road, Erith, and North East Millwall. You can find our sponsors' details online or at our website at noonelikesustalking.com. That is a talking without a G. That's noonelikesustalking.com. Welcome back. I'm sure you've heard from uh, Ashlyn there, who's told you all about our podcast question. But let's uh, see what's coming up on the uh, next four. It's Birmingham tonight. What do we reckon? Who? You, you've got your days mixed up again, as usual. Yeah, you? no, I did, hey? yeah. What day is it? Hey, what day is it? Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll jump in here. It's in standard on the day of the week. It's true. I, I think this is going to be a very hard game, actually, because I, I, I watched the game on uh, Sunday. Um, Villa, I think Villa are a very good team, actually, and I thought Birmingham more than matched them. Um, I thought they were strong, powerful, with the boy up front. I think his name's Adams. Is it Shay Adams, yeah. Yeah, I Shay. think he looked... He looked real class, actually, and I, f- I, I fear for us a bit. If I'm well, honest. down at the den, they was a strong physical side. They was, um, you know, I mean, we we're class as a physical side. Well, they was more physical than us. They was put it that way. So, uh, but the, the only thing is that there's different types of games when you're playing away from home. It's a little bit different than, than when you're at home. They was easy to sit back and be physical and strong, and then hit us on the break, and you know. In some ways, we've got to play a similar sort of game that they played to us. You know, let them come at us and perhaps hit them on the break. The concern is if you if you don't play the likes of Tom Elliott, you, you, you're lacking in the physicality side of things, like you know. So if you what I'm saying, if he wants to go back to the derby formation where you've got Lee Gregory out in front, it leaves you a little bit vulnerable for things like corners and whatever. Yeah, without it whether it's Tom team. Elliott or whether it's Steve Morrison, you know that if you've not got that centre forward, so it, yeah. it leaves you a little bit. Vulnerable, so no maybe it might be a, a, a way of you've got to play either Tom or Steam because of the the, the, the side that yeah. we're playing. And then we got we got leads after that, haven't we? Well, what, how about that game against Brighton? Oh yeah, do you reckon that might be useful to talk about? Yeah, I tell you, what, in relationship to Birmingham, the thing that does sort of stick in my mind, and I find it rather strange. I mean, the common it seems to be common knowledge. Right, that Birmingham are going to be be facing the points deduction, and yet apparently, from what I've read, this decision should have been made public two or three weeks ago, and it's not. And you have to wonder why. And I just wonder. Yeah, they were in trouble financially. Yeah, yeah. and they, and and yeah, they yeah, did. No, they were due uh, to have a big fine. Yeah, or what? and, and it's yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. So you know, I mean, I wonder. I think I was down. I think I read about that. I think they were uh, querying all that. 
Yeah, yeah. No, there, there's yeah. probably some sort of. Uh, I mean, appeal. what are you going to do? Wait to the end of the season and say, you know, when they're well, safe. Well, the they're, 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 no, they'll things. take ten points off them for the next season because that's been done, done before. before yeah. yeah, these yeah. things are never sorted out quickly, and there's lots of proving. Yeah, but this has been going on. Yeah, yeah I mean, because well, there is, yeah, because yeah. the argument, because the trouble is with these sorts of things when they delay and delay like they do, you know, people, especially if you, if you're sort of on the verge of relegation and whatever, people are saying, well, hang on a minute. You know that if this could have, it could have all been different if this had resulted yeah, to come out. Exactly. That's yeah. Yeah. now you know. Hello, Hades. That's all you can ever think of, isn't it? Right, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Well, got some you, hanging over them as well, which I don't yeah. think is going to be a fine yeah. of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, back to our famous opponents for Sunday on St Patrick's Day. Um, it's Brighton, the Seagulls, the Seagulls. <laughs> Do you remember? Winnable oh, yes. game. Winnable game. Winnable game because one, it's at home. Because my view is, when you're in the FA Cup, all you can ever hope for is a home draw, right? So which we've now got, and the, and because it has to be said, right, is that, that whatever the sco- whatever the score is after 90 minutes, if it's level, it's gonna, there's no replays. It's going to go to extra time, and in, if be, need be, always. So to some extent, you know, we are we have we have one or two aces, but I have to say, Brighton are a good side. Their manager is top class in my view, but it'd be I'd be interested to see what team he puts out because he he might take the view, Chris Hewton, that well I'm not quite secure in the Premier League yet, and he might put out a week in set. Now that doesn't mean to say he's going to play a youth team. No, but he, he they played Bro- uh, Palace didn't they? Was it Saturday or Sunday? That's right. Surprising now, result. So that's well, they look pretty good actually. Yeah. yeah. Now all I'm just saying, but what? But apart from but because in saying that, we've got to be. On the ball, we've got yeah. the moment they have their players get the ball, we've got to start closing them down. You notice that George is watching Palace these days as well. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> the only thing that worries me because when they oh, get the ball, the but they are, they are. But again, you see, they're a side that you, you if you keep giving them the ball, then you're going to end up paying a price. Well, you will do it. We give it to knockout. That's for sure. Yeah. I tell you what, this is so typical Millwall fans sitting around this table. We've all given ourselves no chance whatsoever against Birmingham away. <laughs> I mean, Brighton at home, oh, we're going to beat them. We're, no, I said it's beatable. They're beatable. Yeah, but Stan, look, you, you keep saying about they keep the ball and all that sort of stuff. Everton keep the ball. Yeah. We still beat yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. You know, right, they, yeah. These sides can keep the ball. We haven't got... I, I, I know I've said this to you before, now. you've got to have the players that can keep the ball to start yes, with. We yes. can only play one way, and that is to get in their faces, upset them, Play the game as Neil says, the Millwall way. If we're going to have any chance of beating Brighton, yeah. yeah. If we sit back and just let them play, no, no, that's right. But I'm, I'm sure we won't do that. I'm no, sure no. We'll be up for it. There's a few more games ahead of us, and we're just going to look at the rest of those. And, and really, I just want a, a, a short, sort of, sort of short view on how we're going to do at Ellen Road. How we're going to do against West Brom? Win, win. Ted, you'd always say, I mean, I I can predict this already, straight out of Ted's prediction league. Yeah, win, win, and how many we're going to put past QBR? If if I'm honest, if I'm really honest, I do fancy us at Leeds, because there'll be nothing on us at all. It's the sort of game that we do rise ourselves for. And I've not been ranting and raving about Leeds like everybody else seems to have done. And I, I still think they're a little bit bungled. West Brom at home worries me, because they've now got a new manager coming in. And I think they may well, I think they've got the players, the best players, the best squad in a division. And I think they may well be pushing for um, like the top two. Oh, so I think that's a difficult yeah. one. 
I see no reason why we can't turn QPR over at home if I'm no, honest. No, no, no. So, although QPR, are, uh, you know, they're, they're up and down, aren't they? Yeah, they're a little bit of a bogey side of us recent recent years. A bit but, like Tower Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I think the importance for us is, is trying to win these home games. Yeah, of course. You know, we, listen, if we, if, I think we've got 10 games, haven't we? I think five at home, five away. Yeah. If we win the five home games, we stay up. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I, I don't think you need much more than five wins. Mm. I mean, you might need a little, you might need less. Yeah. But um, I think five wins will guarantee yeah. you staying up. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon you're right. But that last game against Bristol City, I think, is going to be the one. Mm. Stan, come on, your view on those last three? That we got this. Well, I mean, yeah, I I tend to agree with uh, Ted in relationship to Leeds because you know it's because it's Leeds and we get up for that sort of game, don't we? West Brom, good side. We don't know the manager, or I initially know the new managers. I don't know, but I mean, but they're certainly in the running for a playoff position. Madness to sack their manager, in my view, absolute madness, and. Cupid, well, we should beat Cupid. We should have beaten last time, but so there's no. But then, you know, Ted saying five wins at home and whatever. Well, fine. You know, let's have let, it. Let's have it. Bring and it on. Bring it saying. on. That's all we need. Yeah. Come on, George. What about your thoughts on those three? Well, we ain't going to win any of them. <laughs> I don't. I think the home games are winnable. I think the Leeds one is is a hard one. I'd be delighted if we get anything. Unlike Ted, I think Leeds are the real McCoy this year. Hmm. Okay. I'm sorry to say that. They're the business. Well, that's the thoughts from the team. We'll see how they play out. And don't forget, watch out on Ted's Prediction League to see what he puts down <laughs> as our scores <laughs> oh, against yeah. that lot. Please, please, do not put any money on what I'll say. <laughs> you ain't got a tip for Cheltenham, have you? Ted? <laughs> yeah, no? don't bet. Don't bet. Okay, then. That sounds pretty good to me. And now there's a few mentions we'd like to bring out. And uh, I just want to say we've got a new partnership with uh, Love Sport Radio. And that comes out that we have a live show there between 9 and 10 every Friday night. Now make sure you can look out and tweet, email, even phone into the show. You're all welcome. But watch out on our social media sites to see what's going on. So uh, that's a mention from my behalf. Yeah, I mean, we, we had this show last week and, uh, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I have to say, the presenter of the show, he was excellent in my view, excellent. I know you've been having some uh, interest with uh, Young Isla over at West Ham, Stan. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, it's good to, it's good to hear, and I was, you know, that she's... It would appear, for the time being, that she's uh, in remission. Yeah. And when that news come through, what was it, 11, 12 days ago? I mean, that was wonderful news. Yeah. And let's hope really. now that that's, uh, I mean, although it, although she's in remission now, there's still more treatment ahead. So hopefully that will, all them signs will be positive and, uh, you know, and hopefully she, she'll make a full recovery and... Uh, Let's keep wonderful. our fingers crossed. Oh, well, absolutely. And absolutely. If, you, if you can post on a Twitter site, uh, the family would appreciate that. That's really right. uh, yeah. good. How um, about Elise? Elise, yeah. I mean, what I would say is that um, she's going to be mascot on uh, Sunday, and I'd love everybody to be in their seats by the time a team comes out with uh, little Elise there and give her the sort of round of applause that she deserves. Such a brave little girl. 
and um, you know making great strides at this moment. So it's a fantastic thing that I, I believe that I, I don't know whether it's through the supporters club or whether it was Millwall Football Club themselves, but they've made it a mascot for this game, which is fantastic. Seeing it's on the telly and yeah. all the exposure that she will get, and uh, that's great. You know, it, it's, it's you know, yeah. let's give credit where credit's due. And, yeah. and she's a brave little girl, and, and it'd be wonderful if everyone could actually give her a round of yeah. applause. We, we knock the club sometimes, you know, when we think they're doing things wrong. But I think in the same breath, we should pat them on the back when they do things well. Absolutely, absolutely. And that community day, I've got to say, was a was a tremendous. Uh, do. It's just a shame that the media never gave one bit of coverage to it. No, they never got the coverage that it deserved. You know, they, they, as George quite rightly said, they, we we knock our club as you know we're fans, we're entitled to. I'm sorry, <laughs> but when things are done right, and you know, it's about time the media of this world come down to Millwall and see some of the good things that have been going on there, instead of concentrating on one or two little flashpoints that gets broadcast all over the world and makes us look like something that we're not at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always the same, isn't it? You know, when it comes to Millwall and the media, the first the first casual is the truth. I mean, that's the truth. That's, you know, yeah. th that's what happens yeah. with the old dogs of war. Well, absolutely. And uh, and our superb Witchfinder General, who haunts out and hinds out all the uh, so media dogs of war, that's absolutely you, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just a, a final touch then is, don't forget the Lionesses, uh, not had a good season this this year, they're about five points adrift of Crystal Palace at the bottom of the uh, the league that they're in. Um, don't forget your season ticket holder, you can go down to Prince's Park at Dartford and they'll let you in for free. It's a bit of a bonus. And uh, they're up against next, uh, when we're playing Leeds, I think they're playing... Villa the next day. So have a trip down to Dartford and we're all the lionesses on. So for the remainder of the season and our quarterfinals against Brighton, let's be hopeful. We'll be back in the podcast in mid-April and you can catch us live on the old Love Sport Radio with Johnny Burrow each Friday. So I'm going to say it's bye-bye for Eamon. Ta-da from Stan. Good night from me. And it's good night from you. And they look at each other as if they're a pair of bloody bookheads, don't they? <laughs> Bye for now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.